Hi guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to No Limits, a Mitch Rap podcast. So how you doing this night, Mike? I'm doing all right. Just had a lot of fun hanging out with our patrons. Yes, we did. We did a live Q&A session with them, and uh, it was really great to hear some feedback and chat about rap. We could have kept going for longer than an hour, but... It's always fun spending an hour talking about rap with uh, you know some big fans out there. So that was great. Yeah, it was it was nice to meet in somewhat person, uh, Zoom person, uh, Don and Sherry and Christina. Um, they're three very passionate women who, who love Mitch rap and and thriller books. They could actually do a little podcast themselves if if they wanted to. Nice little nice little book session. Absolutely. And a shout out to Don. She came on with American Assassin playing on the TV behind her. Yes. And uh, that was a fun way to to kick things off for our little Patreon live Q&A event. That was a lot of fun. It was. I had a lot of fun. Speaking of patrons, we uh, we have a couple new ones that we need to welcome. So we got over the past couple of weeks, we, we've gotten a few. Uh, we have Don, uh, who we just met. Um, Roman S, James K, Matt P. So we, we want to thank you very much. We couldn't be able to do this without your support. So thank you. Awesome. So what are we covering today, Mike? Well, we're getting close to the release of Total Power on September 15th. So we thought we'd do one last episode in our hashtag Road to Total Power series. And for this one, we are going to catch you up on all things Total Power. We promise to be spoiler-free as we discuss the book yes. and all the excitement and buzz, the social media, and what's happening on VinceFlynn.com. And we're even going to get into the virtual book tour schedule that was recently released. Pretty exciting. Did you see all the stops, Chris, on Kyle Mills' virtual book tour? Yes, I'm. I'm very excited for the the one where Brad Thor is making a special guest yes, appearance. Yes, yes. So. so we're going to talk about all those. Uh, another little nugget about Total Power is that there's a one hour sample of George Goodell's audiobook, and so we're going to reflect on that because I really enjoyed getting to hear you know our old friend, the voice of Mitch Rapp again, and we got a free one hour sample even before the release of the book. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, and for anyone who hasn't gotten, you know, an advanced reading copy, the first, I think... Uh, four chapters? Four chapters are, are available on, on the website. So yeah, you can go check that out if you haven't got the arc and read, begin, read the beginning of the book. Yes, and finally, we'll wrap up our Road to Total Power series, diving into some of the research we found around the real-world vulnerabilities facing America's power grid we were able to track down what we believe are some of the sources and reports that Kyle leaned into for the research on this book. And so we won't talk about the plot of the book, what happens, but we'll give you an overview of our best research on real-world threats and vulnerabilities to the power grid. So this scared me. <laughs> and some of the research we looked up scared me even more about how real some of these issues are. So spoiler-free, we'll get into some real-world issues around the real electrical grid. Yeah, it was really interesting, you know, sort of doing, I guess, the research that Kyle would have done or, or similar to what he would have done in order to figure out how to make this book. 
I guess most books there are, are always this touch of like reality to it. And so by doing your own research, you have, you really can see how, oh crap, this, this could actually happen. And we have all these vulnerabilities. So I'm, I'm glad that, you know, we, we decided to look into this when we found out, you know, we didn't even have the books, we didn't even have our own copy of the book yet. And we were like, we need to find this yep. report and do some research into, you know, the power grid and stuff like that. So we're excited to talk about that today with yeah. you guys. You know, I read a lot of thrillers that are completely far-fetched and as fun as they are or as well-written as they are, you just can't right. see the plot ever coming true. It's it's something that happens that's so out there. It's it's great for drama. It's great for fiction. But uh, Kyle, these last couple of books and actually even yeah, yeah the last and two even his older books, you know, that I'm going back to now. He really, his brain is in the real world as he's playing out with some of these these notions of what could go wrong. So good stuff uh, to get into the real world topics surrounding this book. Yeah, I think I think throughout the series, it's it's been, obviously there's a mix of stretching the limits of reality, but for the most part, it's pretty grounded. Sure. And most things I feel like in the Mitrap series could be, could really happen. You know, that's like, our first interview we had on the show with Andrew and for anybody who joined the podcast late, our first bonus episode about term limits, Vince Flynn's first book, we were able, the book is about political assassinations and uh, we were able to talk to a congressional staffer who worked on the Hill for Steve Scalise, the majority whip in the house when he was uh, attacked by a would be assassin and a gunman or wannabe assassin, I should say, and gunman on a softball field. And so we, we actually talked to somebody who experienced something similar to what happened in the books. And uh, let's do it. All right, so to kick it off, let's talk a little bit about the Total Power Book Tour. So uh, our friend of the pod, uh, David and his team at Atri Books, they, they really have nailed this transition to being a virtual book tour. And there are a lot of exciting events around Total Power. So just to highlight a few that you know me and Mike are really interested in, there's one where he's meeting up with uh, having a special guest of Brad Thor. You know, Brad Thor just released Near Dark in June. They're both um, from Atri Books. You know, we, we just talked to Kyle recently and he mentioned... Potentially, he would like to interact between Scott Harvath and Mitch Rapp. So it's it's cool to see these two people interacting, you know, outside of their, their book worlds. We also have Jack Carr, Tim Flynn, Vince's brother, as well as uh, Ryan Steck, who is, you know, the founder of The Real Book Spy. So a lot of cool people are going to be uh, coming in with these virtual book tour events. So go on the website, check it out, register, see which one appeals to you. Yeah, which one are you excited about, Mike? The big one was was Brad Thor. I was pumped to see that. And the event only says special guest appearance by Brad Thor. I don't think he's hosting the entire interview, but um those are two brains, you know, two writers I would love to see chit-chat back and forth about their craft and and the adventures they put their characters on and we hope one day we can get a little tidbit of a story of the two of them together, Mitch Rapp and Scott Harvath. So I'm excited for that. But, you know, Tim Flynn is going to be a good one because as, you know, yeah. all of the fans I've talked to have said, Kyle has done such a great job taking over the series. 
But I feel like having Tim talk to Kyle about these books now that he's six books in, got the three book contract, will be at least nine books in. Seeing one of Vince's brothers talk to Kyle about that really is just validation that everyone's behind him. He's 100% supported in where he's taken the character and the story. So, But we can let Twitter speak. Did I tell you I did a poll? No, you, you, you do a poll often. So you don't <laughs> I'm, I'm always doing this Twitter and I, I leave you in the dust. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. I don't do Twitter. I think I, I you, you, you recently DM'd me because um, I retweeted one of your tweets or retweeted Kyle one of Kyle's tweets, and you were Who's like, this guy? "Who is this?" <laughs> I, I don't even think you knew that I had a Twitter. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm an Instagram guy. That's why I run the Instagram. That's so true. Follow us on Instagram, please. Here's what I posted. I said, "Which giant are you most looking forward to seeing chat with, Kyle Mills?" Brad Thor, Jack Carr, Tim Flynn, or the Real Book Spy? We got 143 votes. Who do you think is in the lead? Um, he has a big social media following. This author, Jack Carr. Yeah, yeah, he's really yeah. heavy on the social media. Jack Especially Carr recently. on Twitter is lighting it up, and they released his the cover of his fourth book. And 38 uh, percent of people said Jack Carr. 34 said they're looking forward to seeing Brad Thor talk to Kyle. And 24% said Ryan Steck, the real book spy himself. Nice. Yes, yes. So, yeah, I'm pumped for that. You know, we left somebody out, though. A Mitch Rap ambassador, Brian Costello. Fellow Mitch Rap ambassador. And a fellow podcaster. Brian is going to be hosting one of the events, and he has his own podcast. I checked it out. It's it's pretty awesome. The Com Majors. He and a fellow buddy who are both communications majors. Every episode nice. is them reviewing another movie or sometimes they do books and pop culture, but predominantly movie reviews. So it's like a library of over 100 episodes. You can find him at B Costello Books, B-C-O-S-T-E-L-L-O Books on Twitter. So check out the Com Majors podcast. Cool. I to check that out. Well, here's their description so I can get it right. The podcast where the guys who should have worked harder in college chat about movies, books, games, and other stuff. That's awesome. If that was us, it would say, drank too much beer in college. <laughs> <laughs> drank too much beer, played too much Call of Duty. I, I think I might have played more Halo back in those days. Ate too much. Ate too much. Calzones. Calzones. No, Stromboli's. Strombolis, oh, yeah. Wings over Washington. Best wings, best stromboli. Oh yeah, way too way too much way too much wings over Washington. <laughs> Opening a, a greasy Anyways. takeout joint or delivery pizza joint like half a mile from a college campus is just great business. On the walk home from the houses exactly. that have parties. Genius. Well one time walking home from the rugby house, we pre ordered some wings and you know, we normally get like the fifty wings for all of us, right? Or or sixty wings, whatever it was. And we're in there, and the guy's like, "Yo, do you want an extra sixty wings? I'll give them to you. I'll give them to you for fifteen bucks." <laughs> and normally, there normally it's like I don't know, forty, forty-five, maybe, maybe even fifty bucks for like sixty wings. We had a lot of people, but he's like, "Yeah, someone ordered them, but they canceled on us." So I'll tack on, I'll double your order for an extra fifteen bucks. We were like, "Duh, yeah." <laughs> That was the same night we all got written up because <laughs> we were talking. We were talking about drinking in 
while we were eating the wings and then they came in and searched our room and found like an empty vodka bottle that wasn't even from that night it was bad anyways empty vodka bottle and 120 chicken bones (laughs) yeah exactly but back to what's important anyways you know mitch rap we are a mitch rap podcast we are a mitch rap podcast not a college recollection podcast so believe it or not yeah so Make sure you check out these events. Uh, they're going to be every day starting on September 14th through September 19th. And then there's going to be one more on the 25th at the Toledo uh, Lucas County Public Library. So, yeah, check them out. It's kind of cool to see these being hosted at public libraries. Yeah, you know, now that everything's virtual, I'm sure the numbers are higher as well. You know, for local events, you can just get more, more eyes on uh, the event and hopefully, you know, because Kyle deserves it and David deserves it. That leads to more pre-orders. So please definitely pre-order your book on one of the independent booksellers on the tour or check out VinceFlynn.com. Oh, speaking of pre-order. Yes, I was going to talk about this. Did you check out the holiday cards? Uh, I did. Yeah, each time you pre-order a copy of Total Power with one of the independent booksellers on the tour... It will come with a unique Mitrap holiday themed greeting card. And there's, I think, what, maybe eight different designs. You could see yeah. them on VinceFlynn.com. They were pretty cool. They were pretty funny. I my favorite was the Rappy Holidays one. That, that I, I really enjoyed that one. I just want to be able to buy the like a I don't know, twenty five of these cards and ship them out to people. <laughs> or decorate my Christmas tree with them. Like that would be sick. I'd I'd be totally fine with this being my standard Christmas card this year. Like all about Mitrap, absolutely. I, you know, I'd slip in a uh, Mitrap Pod No Limits bookmark. You know, in there each one, spread the word on the podcast. I don't know. I like you mentioned the Christmas tree. I like the one with the Christmas tree and different ornaments on it. And each of the ornaments are uh, something that you will desperately need if the power goes out: a can of dried beans, battery operated radio. And of course, a Glock the Glock 19. 19. Yes. That's a pr- that's a pretty nasty Christmas tree right there. Yeah, it, that, that was pretty cool. And it says "Happy Holidays from Mitch Rapp and the Gang." I, I really like those. Those those are those, those are a nice touch. But we also have some other uh, cool news, right? Um, on the the same website, you can go and check out an hour long sneak peek of the George Waddell Red audiobook. So they got George Goodell. The voice of Mitch. The voice of Mitch. And, and in addition to that, they all also po- posted the first four chapters. So, Yeah, I listened to George Goodell and, um, oh, he's back. He is back. He even does a great job introducing new character in that opening uh, scene. We don't want to say too much, but um, the writing of those scenes are great. And George reading them is even better. So... We know Kyle has the three book contract. I know nothing about <laughs> contracts in the and the publishing world, but uh if George can stick around and do as many as humanly possible, the readers are one, are behind it and uh, appreciate it. So check out that teaser that one hour at vinceflynn.com and then buy the whole audiobook when it comes out. I know I um can you pre-order audiobooks like that? I, I think so. If you can, I'll probably get on that, but um, that'll be my third copy of Total Power. Actually, fourth, I got the ARC, the Amazon copy, because the minute it was released, I pre-ordered on Amazon. 
I got one with the greeting cards on the virtual tour, signed, I think from the Poison Pen. No, I did Once Upon a Crime, independent bookstore. And then if I pre-order the audiobook, that'll be four. Nice. <laughs> and this is why this is why Rosie says I should give away some of these copies to our patrons, you know, once a month, because that's what I do when a new book comes out. You have way too many. I'll probably buy the ebook at some point too. <laughs> but you're supporting the author. It's it's good. That's true. That's true. Well, what do you think? Should we uh, get to our last segment of today, our research that we did on the power grid and how vulnerable are we? Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to talk to you about this. After reading Total Power, there was definitely one organization I looked into that advocates for protecting our communications grid. Our, yes. our electrical grid, but also our communications grid. And I can't help but believe that some of what Kyle researched going into this book was definitely from the EMP task force. Did you get that sense? Yeah, and definitely heavily influenced by, uh, in, in reading a lot of the stuff, it's it's heavily draws upon the study and research of the Dr. Peter Pry, who is in charge of some of these uh, regulatory commissions involved around EMPs. And so doing a deep dive into some of this stuff was really interesting and, you know, really highlighted how weak our um, America is in terms of invulnerable in these attacks. Did you feel the same way? Yeah. And Dr. Pry is the um, executive director of this organization I mentioned. So just from their website to tell you about the task force on national and homeland security, on their website, it says the Task Force on National and Homeland Security is an official congressional advisory board recognized as such by the Ethics Committee under the name Task Force on National and Homeland Security and is a Virginia-based 501c3 nonprofit organization under the name EMP Task Force. So this is a group that is advising Congress, our lawmakers, and the ones with the power of the purse advising them on all issues relating primarily to an EMP attack, but they also have a lot of other research on how such an attack would impact critical civilian infrastructure, the power grid, communications grid, transportation networks, uh, energy, banking, finance, food, water. So it, basically, this organization is dedicated to convincing and producing honest documentation of the effects of a attack of this nature on our power grid. And they very clearly lay out implications that are far reaching into so many systems that 330 million Americans take for granted on a daily basis, right? Water pumping to our house, yeah. a food distribution networks and refrigeration, banking and finance, energy. This is not an isolated problem. If it were to happen, it would reach pretty much every aspect of American life. Yeah. You go to their website and it reads, without electricity, life as we know it will end. It goes on to say, you know, we use electricity for almost every aspect of modern life. In our current state of unpreparedness, it's not a question of if, but when the grid collapses. And yet, the interesting part about this, and you could probably say the same thing about pandemic readiness in October, November of 2019, it's all like, not Monday morning quarterback, but like the opposite of Monday morning. You know, trying to be prepared for something that 
could happen or you know probably will happen before it actually happens uh, a lot of things don't get done like look at look at the pandemic we people don't want to spend 50 billion dollars to you know study all these to have vaccines ready you know we could spend that on something else um so but you know in reading this and a same thing with a global pandemic it's not a question of if but a question of when right so if the u.s grid were to collapse from you know it could be anything it could be they mentioned there's three different things right there's yeah you have like an emp uh you have some sort of physical attack an explosion on onto the site or like a you know trying to take down an actual electrical site or you could have a a software like a, a cyber a cyber hack and then also you could also have a something that's caused by the climate like a solar solar flare solar fire that could generate an emp like thing that that could take this down so we know that people are trying to actively attack us on the cybernet and you know Kyle even mentioned in our interview that a lot of these places are guarded with just like a barbed wire and 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 a fence yeah. you know if you could figure out a way to strategically take down a couple of these places if if it collapses it it goes on to stay on this website that there will be no food water sewage gas medical services communications if you do it right you could take down it from a couple months you know or a couple days to a couple months to a couple years um and i thought it was interesting how i don't know how often they update their website, but it states that along our Gulf Coast, we don't have a a warning system for these, like, or even a missiles defense system to protect us against, like, an EMP attack. So I, I found that that really interesting. Um, and I also listened to a podcast, um, which it was a kind of old podcast, came out in 2016, but it was with, you know, this Dr. Pry, and he was on a podcast with uh, someone who does off the grid news. And one of the crazy things that I had sort of didn't realize uh, uh, about this was that the, these transformers, you know, they're very specialized and mm-hmm. they're only made in Germany, like two places like in Germany and, and some other location. So, and also they weigh a lot. So you have to like reinforce bridges in order to move them and get them to locations. You, there's only like three railway railroad cars that can carry one of these transformers, like one of the big, these big transformers that are highly specialized. There's only three rail- railway cars. And then the places in Germany and uh, the other factory, I, I forget where it is, they don't. They only keep a certain amount of these transformers on hand. And then most likely, if you take down enough of them, a bunch of them are going to be specialized. So they have to be made. They could take months to be made. And how do you coordinate all that when you don't have a cell phone? You can't call these people. You know, we can't coordinate ordering it let alone getting it here let alone moving it once it like gets here like that's just you know yeah so that was really stark uh stark to me when, when i like heard that and i mean that example of the gulf coast not having early warning detection you know is really just if it were an emp style attack through an actual launched missile but you mentioned those two other methods as well, you know, a cyber attack in the attacking the utility companies, installing malware or something. That's a serious concern of the EMP task force. They list that as one of the top three ways that the grid could be attacked. And they say 
you know, there are cooling pumps at the 61 commercially operating nuclear power plants with 99 nuclear reactors in 30 states, and that was as of May 30th, 2017. Well, all of those are running on computers and software that is checking temperatures and automatically triggering, you know, the cooling process at these reactors. And so what happens if someone were to take over or take control of that? You know, I saw back in a real life example of that in Ukraine, if you remember with the Crimean annexation by Russia when they had moved in. Yeah. And that was in the midst of a wider civil war, a lot say, you know, being urged on by Russian uh, motivations. But I, I saw a video of some engineers of the Ukrainian power grid, and they were in the eastern side, which was largely infiltrated on the ground, but it was also heavily infiltrated through a cyber attack. And at this station, the engineers, and I forget what news outlet reported this, the engineers had their cell phones out taking pictures of the computer, and the computer was moving on its own. Somebody was clicking and turning on switches, cutting and redirecting power supply through the network, and it was all, uh, it had subtitles, but these engineers were looking at the computer saying, we can't stop this. I'm watching them direct energy to to overload certain power plants and transformers. Wow. I'm watching them turn off electricity to parts of our government that are critical to certain municipalities. And they were just filming with their cell phones, the computer, they were locked out of their own system. And so a cyber attack like that is noted by the EMP task force. And then you mentioned a kinetic attack, how some of our substations and actual transformers are unprotected. Well, Dr. Pry has has publicly stated, and to Congress he has stated, only nine of these nodes where certain parts of our grid are interconnected, right? If you isolate nine of these nodes and target those for attacks, that can bring down the system nationwide. Because isolated, these attacks may be bad, but they're recoverable. However, Dr. Pry, in his, in his presentations to Congress, has argued it just takes a coordinated attack on nine substations and nine nodes that interconnect different regional grids, and that would be enough. So a kinetic attack. And Kyle mentioned it. He said something he researched was how gunmen in California just shot up a substation. Yeah. Well, that the EMP task force reported on that. It was April 16th. 2013, the Pacific Gas and Electric Company, their Metcalf transmission substation in San Jose, California, half a dozen gunmen armed with just AK-47s, like Kyle said, shot up the substation, and it was a well-executed, organized mission that they were well-trained for, and it took out power temporarily to Silicon Valley. And the attackers were never found. They were professional in leaving no DNA traces, fingerprints, and they wore masks. So cameras weren't really useful. And most of the experts, including this panel that advised Congress, thought that was a proof of concept. That was something that you do it now to one unguarded station, we'll get it up and running. But Dr. Price argued you coordinate that with nine interconnected transformer substations, especially ones that have equipment, like you said, manufactured outside of the USA, or equipment that can't be manu manufactured because it's custom made for each of those substations. Dr. Price said that would keep the, the entire grid down, 
for a year. And if that happened in their estimates that they officially advised Congress on. Right. This is this is scary. 90% of Americans will perish. Yeah. Like what? that's just staggering. What was really interesting to me, interesting to me too, was this idea of he talked about on the podcast too, uh, food, and how we actually only have on hand in America to feed everybody like a month's worth of food. And when you look at like the regional supply stations, where these distri- distributors that then feed into your local supermarket, they only like carry enough gasoline to run their backup generators for like seventy two hours. So. You have a blackout, then they can turn that back on and keep it going for 72 hours. But then after that, you know, it's pretty much done. And the food immediately, you know, food starts to spoil. Obviously, not everything's going to spoil, but a lot of things are going to spoil. And, you know, even if you live off the stuff that's not spoiled, we only actually have like a month's worth of food to feed everybody. So then it's going to be mass chaos. Like that was really scary. Like, because also this can be also be tied into any sort of like pandemic. Like, let, let's say like the pandemic was worse than it was, or or you know you go to like some sort of really bad situation from like the movie Contagion, right? Um, it's the same sort of concept where we don't have enough food, and you you don't have communication. You things start happening. Like that's that's also like your cell phone won't work, the landlines won't work, so. All of this is like very doomsday scary. It, it's that whole little note that Kyle puts at the very beginning of the book where he says like this book almost wrote itself because it's so true. Like this, this could easily happen. You basically take one of these reports we're reading to Congress. You fictionalize it. You put some dialogue in with characters and it's simply just these scenarios that have been well-documented, well-researched in in the academic world and have been presented to our lawmakers, Kyle just puts it into a fiction narrative, like brilliantly so, but um, the story's been told, and I hope the story doesn't come true the way his lethal agent, you know, (laughs) mostly it came true, parts of that, so um, something's got to get done. But on, on the positive note, and it's been they've been criticized right and by the way we should address right this EMP task force i don't know if you found this but seemed to be somewhat controversial yeah we don't I, we don't want to say dr pry and the task force has been the only voice on the matter there's quite a few dissenters who say they're alarmists you know they just want um a more authoritarian state let's say you know to act on this and they just want to cause chaos or they just want to waste money on this and largely what they're arguing with is the assessment of an EMP attack if it were an electromagnetic pulse attack through through a bomb or through a nuclear bomb and the EMP shock afterwards which they may have a great point of maybe the science still needs to be more advanced on the long term effects of an EMP attack on the grid and if it's likely. But what has to be likely is the cyber attack, right? That's so well documented oh, yeah. that you you can't argue that a cyber attack and all government systems. One of the articles you sent me said that like they get cyber attacks, you know, like three to 20 a day. Like, yeah. And specifically like targeting our electrical stations. I think they said they get at least two atta- like attempts a day. Yeah. 
And that's the other one. Like if you if you argue that the EMP stuff is all bogus and you know these people are making this up and it's trying the to scare extreme. you, it's the extreme case. It's the extreme case, but attacking a substation, like any coordinated military team, they can hit those substations easily. Like that's not that far fetched. What's stopping them from getting past a chain link fence and shooting up some right. infrastructure that's already outdated and unguarded in the middle of the woods? Like to me. That has to be a real threat. There's no, there's no way you could say it's not, or even just blowing it up with like some sort of makeshift bomb. Sure, you know, not 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 necessarily a nuclear bomb, but just an easier bomb, right? So, sure. Yeah, you you sent me an article too that apparently there's some sort of potential, like China is actively trying to attack us, like during the pandemic that they've it's been something that China has been trying to cyber attack us. For the electrical grid, they see that we are uh, vulnerable right now. So, well, what, did you, you read that article, right, Mark? Yeah, and I mean, I guess I'm a social studies teacher, so let's let's cite our sources. Everything else we said was directly from the EMP task force, which right. is an advisory board uh, approved by the Ethics Committee of the U.S. Congress. But the one about China is plotting an EMP attack was an op-ed by Peter Pry on heavy.com so more of a blog or you know op-ed take it for what it's worth kind of article but yeah i i have no doubt there is reliable source material out there of planned threats i'm sure we're always keeping tabs on potential threats and tracking things and you know the cia the nsa they they it it is so close to home that they have to have some sort of uh planned response or understanding of real threats out there well, and, and probably worked for the CIA. He's worked for the CIA. He's worked for the all up and down these government agencies that are directly, and he knows, he has the knowledge. And I would argue, you know, you sort of, you brought up the fact that people wave these, him and this commission off as a alarmists. Yeah, scaremongers. Yeah. Those are the same people that said this stuff about a global pandemic in 2019 or 2018. And wanted to cut funding for that. For the pandemic preparedness fund you know or whatever it was so yeah i mean hindsight's always twenty twenty, right so yeah and one other one other step that was taken um we found an executive order that was signed march 26th 2019 so pretty recently hopefully as an outcome of the documentation and these reports to congress the president did indeed sign an executive order it's called on coordinating national resilience to electromagnetic pulses. It's a pretty long document. We're no legal experts. We're no experts on any of this stuff. We just happen to like fiction books by Mitch Rapp, so we're qualified to talk about it. Definitely. <laughs> or about Mitch Rapp. Um, but it seems to at least set benchmarks. You know, in six months, the Secretary of State will host these meetings or have these reports ready. And then it says later on, in so many months, the Secretary of Defense and the Department of Defense, I authorize to conduct research on these threats. And then they even direct the interior to start um, building or doing uh, assessment reports on critical infrastructure. So, you know, not being a lawyer, understanding executive orders and the, the legal language, this is a pretty lengthy document which seems to at least put benchmarks for different um, executive branch agencies actually 
collecting data, collecting research, and putting action plans um, into practice. For what it's worth, I have no idea if that translates to actual protection of the grid, but it was good to see as of March 2019 from the White House a an, an order to to lead the departments in building a plan. Maybe it's not enough, but it's something. Well, one of the easiest things or one of the, I don't know, things that I think should be done is just beefing up the security of, of these transformers and, and, you know, electrical nodes. Just, you know, you don't have to have like, a lot of security, but like we had more security to get on site at DuPont <laughs> than an electrical, like this, you know, some electrical station. And you know, what, what the hell is there at DuPont? I mean, I guess we wanted to keep people out from trying to steal our knowledge, but like, and chemicals, I guess, I guess there's chemicals that you could make drugs with, but you know, anyways, I digress. Just beef it up a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. More than a fence and a padlock, you know, and yeah. and just these nine nodes, right? Like if Dr. Pry has, he's the expert. And by the right. way, in the book, it's kind of interesting. We don't want to give away too much, but there is an expert on the grid who plays a critical role in coordinating these attacks. Well, someone like this, Dr. Pry, if he's pointing out that these would be the nine that get hit, I'm I'm sure we can put enough resources and funding without any controversy or debate around it into just those nine. And so I hope that's happening. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. that was that was fun. Or enlightening. I shouldn't say fun. Enlightening. That was enlightening. Yeah. And after we do our episodes summarizing and reviewing total power maybe we'll loop back to this and talk more specifically about which threats kyle chose to work into the book and who the main villains were operating and coordinating this attack but trust me you're going to see a lot of overlap between this research and the source material we presented to you and what kyle does in the plot of the book it's fantastic yeah so what are we going to be doing next mike so the book comes out in about a week. And so instead of releasing a Monday episode on Total Power, that would be September 14th, we are going to release our episode one on Total Power, our summary of the book on September 15th. That is the day the book comes out. So you might want to hold off listening to that episode uh, for a few days until you get your copy and finishing it up. Our next episode, Tuesday, September 15th, We'll have spoilers. It's our part yes. one summary of Total Power. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, if you haven't pre-ordered, um, which if you listen to this, hopefully you have. But uh, if you haven't pre-ordered, definitely try to check out some of those independent booksellers that are either on Kyle's virtual book tour or, you know, any of your local independent booksellers. Um, let's try to help them out. If you buy one through the virtual tour, there's also that special... Um, Christmas greeting card, which we're pretty sick to get. Uh, so get yours as soon as possible. And we just want to say thanks again to our patrons, um, including our special operators, uh, Sherry F. Uh, and then our special agents, we have Matt, uh, James, uh, Roman, Don, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, and Jeff. Big shout out to you guys. Uh, we wouldn't be able to make this pod without you. So thanks to our special operator and special agents. Well, even if you can't support us on Patreon, please just subscribe, rate, and review us using your favorite podcasting platform. You can find us online at MitchRapPod.com 
or using the Twitter handle at MitchRapPod. And Chris, you never let me do this before, but here's my chance. And as always, just let Mitch be Mitch. Here we are, Kings Mill Golf Resort, Williamsburg, Virginia. How you playing today, Chris? Playing like shit, Martini. <laughs> Still better than I am. I played really well on the front. Now we've had a few beers, so we're doing bad on the back. <laughs> but we're gonna pull it back together. I did bad and on as the front. Always, just let Mitch be Mitch. <laughs> what are we on? Fourteen. We're on fourteen. We got a foursome and. Between the four of us, we've had two pars. Yep. And they were both Tom. No, both Tom. Same guy hit both pars, and we're 14 holes in. What's 14 times four? Um, 40 plus. This should be easy. Yeah. 56. Wow. No, it's not. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's how many holes we played, and uh, two pars. Although I did have money on whoever gets the first birdie, so that's hey, still possible. Still Holes to go. Smith could still do it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you pick somebody? You picked yourself. Yeah, Smith as well. Oh, okay. So we gotta hope Smith does it. Yeah. But uh Chris and I are teamed up here and uh hasn't looked good so far. We won one, we conceded another, so Well we won two and then we lost the next two. Yeah. So we got four holes to, four holes left. Well that's including five. fourteen, that's five. five. So our math before was wrong then. Yeah. Should be 13 times 4. Uh, see, we're drunk. <laughs> we're sitting on hole 14. Is that? Oh, well, I don't know. But uh, we got two six-packs of Michelob Ultra to uh, finish off by 18 here. So thank you, sir. Let's get moving. Well, uh, that's a wrap. 18 in the books. How you feeling? Felt pretty good after nine. Felt pretty shitty after eighteen. Although I had fun. Yeah. Papa, uh, Papa the Bobo is gonna appreciate this update. He, uh, he's gonna be all over it. So uh, I don't think I hit a par. Yeah, no one hit a par today. Um, Only Tom. <laughs> no one hit a bogey today. Yeah, pretty sad day of golf, actually. Actually, we hit a couple bogeys. Very, I, very hard golf. I had three or four. No one bogeys. hit a birdie today. Sorry. No, no one hit a birdie. birdie. That's true. Yeah. Um, I've been playing pretty well, but it's at these crappy municipal courses. And then you come to a PGA Championship course, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's a bit of a different animal, wouldn't you say? Yes, I would. Yeah. Bud Light doesn't help. Yeah. Well, it did help for a little bit. Yeah. It helped the first three helped or four. the first three, and then yeah. we progressively got worse. So. The next, the four, five, and six didn't help too much. I tried to be serious there for a little while, but uh, it only lasted a hole or two. I'm just counting my front nine. That's all that matters. You count the front nine. You play well in the front nine. You were consistent. You were consistent. Yo, real question though. Do you think we'll get a live podcast in? What are you doing tomorrow morning? We can probably do it tomorrow morning, maybe. When are you guys leaving? Uh, okay, I wouldn't leave by like nine. So maybe not. Oh shit. You think I could take this back to the, my hotel room? Probably. I don't want to walk with my clubs. Yeah, oh, where's just your, drop where's me your off. car? Yeah, I gotta go pee. Where are you? Right over here. No, really. What time are you guys leaving tomorrow? I think we wouldn't be on the road by 10. Because I got so some notes not. for, um, and I brought my copy of Total Power. Yeah, I did too. I don't know. Just, you want to? No, let's just hang out. Yeah, because then it'd be like us in a room yeah, somewhere. Exactly. 
we'll, we'll get in a live episode. Come we'll get one when you move down. When you move down. Yeah. This counts. These two minutes of drunken stumbling. Put that in. Yeah, it counts. We could put that in. Papa the Bobo would like it. Do you think he's Papa the Babo or the Bobo? About like Babu Frick or <laughs> like Babu Frick? This is Force Awakens over here. Oh no, wait, Rise of the Jedi. Return. Yeah.